Hey everybody, welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. This is part 44 in our 3,726 part series wherein we pick a movie at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do some research, and then tell you what we thought and learned. We have a couple rules for this podcast. The number one that I'm going to mention is we are honor bound to watch whatever movie we select as long as neither of us have ever seen it before. If you want to check out our other rules, you can find them on our website. We'll invoke them as needed, but yeah, that's that's the main rule. So this week, God help me, it is my turn to pick a movie. And I say God help me because I'm the one who picked Cannibal Holocaust, and I, I seem to have the track record of picking bad movies, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah, well, don't doom us. <sighs> have faith in your fingers. <sighs> Select something okay. good. Uh, all right. All right. You I've ready? Got my, got my eyes shut, yes. Okay. Mince whipping. Stop. Okay. We are watching a Macedonian uh, film. Okay. One of the two Macedonian films in the guide. Okay. So this one is called Goodbye 20th Century. It was made in 1999, 89 minutes long, and is described thus. Stylish, pessimistic Macedonian film about the brutality of man. Okay. Starts in with a post-apocalyptic wasteland with Hodorowsky-esque violence and depravity. The protagonist survives an execution, then has sex with the portrait of a saint. That sounds Hodorowsky-esque, for sure. (laughs) Suddenly, it jumps back to a party on New Year's Eve of 1999, and a story about a depressed man in a Santa costume. Uh, Very much... Captures the turmoil and millennial fears of the time. Okay. So. <laughs> sounds, uh. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Uh, and, uh, so let's, uh, let's do a little. Animation. Here. Uh, so the, the guy name drops Hodorowsky. Yep. Alejandro Hodorowsky, who did The Holy Mountain, which I think. We've, we've seen a couple of Hodorowsky movies, but yep. that I think is probably. Applicable uh, yeah. or uh, not comparable. Uh, comparable. Yeah. And so let's talk about the Holy Mountain maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's bonkers. Yeah. We, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, we enjoy it. It's something that not... you can't really describe even because it's... Oh, uh... Yeah. There's well... like stuff with people representing planets which represent different aspects of humanity and like it's kind of like this look for this search for enlightenment but it's very surreal and super super surreal weird shit just happening constantly like when we watched it the first time it's like i can't look away from the screen because i feel like something insane is going to happen the second that i look away from the screen there's there's on camera pooping in it oh uh george harrison was going to be the main character but he didn't want to because he didn't want his butthole being washed on film which fair enough although apparently he regretted the decision later in life yeah so take from that what you will so none of that has anything to do with this movie that we're going to be watching now but i mean (laughs) it's a movie that we know it's a movie that we know that seems relatable and uh we like it, so it seems like this movie is probably going to be up our alley. Potentially up our alley. Potentially up our alley. We we shall see. So we will be back with our thoughts on Goodbye 20th Century after this musical interview.
Alright, we are back. We, we finished <laughs> watching Goodbye 20th Century. We've traveled to Macedonia and back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> through through the magic of uh, film, we've traveled to Macedonia and back. <laughs> God, I hope that's not what it's like there. Um, <laughs> so, I guess my pre-rating impressions are, what the fuck did we just watch? Yeah. yeah it is... From what I've gathered, the internet seems to agree. Yeah. What the fuck did we all just watch? Yeah. The, Anybody I, who's seen this movie is like, what the fuck? There were some people saying that it seems like there you know, are religious analogies that you can make with some of the things that happen in the movie. And I think you kind of have to squint a bit to, to get there. Um, so we'll kind of maybe circle around to that as we talk about the plot. But before we talk about the plot, let's just get into our pre-spoiler rating um so as always we rate the movies we watch on a five point scale uh in order from least good to best we have don't watch maybe don't watch eh, maybe watch and don't not watch yeah so on count of three we will simultaneously reveal our ratings drum roll please there's actually the drum roll sound effect that i'm playing you don't do <laughs> It's just we'll imagine the drum roll in our heads. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna mess up the sound effect of the drum roll that I'm gonna insert there. Okay. So one, two, three. Maybe, Maybe don't watch. watch. Well, wow, that's uh, quite quite the gap between us. Well, I mean. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I mean, I think I can understand why yeah. you would say maybe don't watch. I mean. I can't say strongly enough that I I dislike it to tell people to not watch it because there are some things that were really amusing and there are some stylistic things about it. Um, but it is weird as shit. Yeah, and it's it's like the thing is I it's not that I dislike weird shit. You know no. I like weird shit. Yeah. I just think that this was a little too disjointed. Mm-hmm. And I think we were talking about the Holy Mountain earlier, and I, I think uh, the difference between that and Goodbye 20th Century is that seems like more holistically weird than this does. This right. seems like they're trying to be weird at points. Yes. Which, I mean, I didn't dislike it because of that, but it, it is something that is, I think, worth mentioning. Right. It, it's it's kind of like, I, got, I really got the impression that they thought that they were making points that they didn't know how to make. I saw some people saying that they felt like there were comparisons that could be drawn between what happens in the movie and, like, the Balkan Wars that yeah. Macedonia was a part of. Oh, yeah, for with. sure. I mean, they were a, they're a former part of Yugoslavia. Yeah. So, for sure, they're, Been they involved. had issues with war and, and disruption in the 20th century. So... I mean, I guess I just, I, you know, maybe I'm not familiar enough with that history. Or maybe it's just like the violence of all of that influenced how right. violent this movie is. I think that's more what I, I think I saw people yeah. were saying in their attempts to analyze what this movie is doing. Right. It's just, I'm really conflicted about this movie. Yeah, it's a movie that is going to make you conflicted. Because uh, I... For a bit there, I was going to give it uh, Don't Not Watch. And oh, really? Yeah. The second half, I feel, is a little, uh, eh, it's... Yeah, that's a big reason why I had to... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, some things kind of got shoehorned in to sort of make it all, try to... Tie it all together. Tie it all together. Yeah. 
And it's just kind of like, uh, let's just do this. And then there we go. Now it's tied yeah, it's in like, one neat package. And it doesn't really that... work that way. So yeah, that's kind of why I was more on the negative side of the sure. show. Also, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, because this episode is coming out on Christmas. We didn't yeah. realize that when we were recording the first part of the, uh, the episode. Um, and this is a very timely movie to have watched since uh, Santa has a pivotal part in an A Santa, not B Santa. Santa. And, and then also uh, the events of the first half of the movie take place in 2019 right so it's very appropriate yeah, weirdly enough that's uh just fate guiding our hand i guess yeah my hand in this case fate traveled through andrew's fingertips yeah <laughs> yeah that's gross okay <laughs> should we just get into the plot yeah let's go ahead and get into it all right so we start off seeing this group of people sort of climbing up a hill to this shipwreck that's just like on top of a, this desolate hill. And they're all kind of like Mad Max wannabe looking motherfuckers. There's like this priest guy who's got some weird eye patch. And then just whatever, like several people. There's two nun like women yeah. and there's a little girl and like another woman and a couple men with some guns of some kind and um they're escorting this guy named kuzman who seems to have gone mad and talks about how he can see the cosmos or whatever the planets are formed from his seed and this and that and we're like what the fuck is with this guy he just like out of nowhere after sniffing the priest glove yeah. pretty extensively yeah um so after he starts saying that they're like, you're a blasphemer. And then everybody kind of starts shooting him up. Then the two like nun women are sort of doing this ritualistic sobbing over his dead body. Yeah, and they've got these weird puppet heads on their hands. So there's the two of them, but it actually looks like there's six of them. And they're wailing and sobbing over him. I did kind of like that part. Yeah, It was really was, yeah. entertaining. So... They're all sobbing over him. Then, wait a second, Kuzman's not dead. So he just like kind of pops up and he's like, hey guys, I'm immortal. And they're like, no, you're not. And they start shooting him again. And Kuzman's just like, nope, that didn't do it. And so after several attempts, they're like, well, the ground's rejecting you because you're just that evil. Um, If you see us coming, you better run the other direction because it won't be good for you. We'll kill everybody that you care for. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The group kind of takes off and Kuzma is just left alone on this desolate hill. Sitting in his grave. Yeah, they dug a grave for him that obviously didn't get a whole lot of use, except for, you know, he sat in it for a little bit. So he's just kind of, I guess, wandering around the desert when he meets up with this guy who's like, oh, hey, hey, let me shave you for a nickel. That's a, you know, real good price. And Kuzma's like, sure. And he's like, actually, actually, you know what? I can give you a haircut, too. And then we'll just say two nickels for the the haircut and the shave. And Kuzman's like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. All right. And then, weirdly enough, the guy's like, actually, let me give you two nickels. Which, I don't know if that was just a bad translation or if that's literally he's, like, offering to pay him and give him his fortune. Like, what the fuck? Kind of, you're like, you're not very good at, uh... 
negotiations, friend. Maybe just like people were so sick of hearing his uh, his prophecies, which <laughs> is like, please just let me tell somebody. I'll please. give you, I'll give you money. I'll give you money. And um, Kuzmin's like, no, I don't want to hear the future. And he gets like really pissed and starts kind of like punching up the guy. And then um, he's trying to get sort of like information about his past. From the this weird, like, barber prophet dude. And the guy's like, no, I don't see the past. I just see the future. And then he's like, what a bad, mean motherfucker you are. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, not necessarily... It's not wrong. Not wrong, because what we learn is Kuzmin sort of tells his story. How he was supposed to have sex with all these beautiful ladies in their tribe or group or whatever. And he just was impotent. And so the priest said, well, you go into the church and pray on it. And Kuzma went into the church and he was praying, praying, praying. And then he sees this portrait of a saint and she's just like, so beautiful and looking at him. And so he like springs a boner, you know, as you do, Mm -hmm. as you do. You see a really hot fresco. Yeah. Like, oh, that fresco. So he he decides to then go and just, like, you know, have fun with the portrait. And and he does. That's kind of that. And he leaves. And then uh, within a few days, like, almost every child dies in that, that tribe. Like, all the children die. And the priest sees that the portrait is crying. And so he's like, uh-oh. Something, something's gone on here. What's happened? And uh, Kuzmin's like, well... I did kind of fucked a painting. I kind of fucked a painting of a saint. And so that's kind of, that's why they were trying to execute him. They've been cursed and, and now they can no longer have children. And obviously he did a really bad thing. Um, but by doing that, he's somehow made himself immortal. So it's like, that's one of the things where I'm, I'm really questioning the movies. It's like they're trying to give like some some take on morality and how shitty humans are but after fucking a painting of a saint that causes all children to die he's made immortal i don't know yeah it's uh it doesn't really make sense like god works in mysterious ways so (laughs) so the barber's like okay okay i get it now well good i've got good news for you um there's a place where you can learn how to die, and it's, like, under this place that I'm going to call the Glass City. So you go there, you're going to find this guy who's got green hair, and you're going to want to take him out because he's guarding a wall that's beneath the Glass City. And on that wall, you'll find everybody's fates have been written, including yours. So if you go there, you can read your fate, and and if you do what it says, you can die. So, you know, good luck to you, goodbye. Go kill the green-haired man. So, uh, Kuzman heads into the city, and we're seeing this guy that is kind of preaching to a group of people there, and he's talking about how the great emperor hates children, like he hates the smell of children, how they, they make him throw up, and it's just like, what is going on in this? <laughs> there's some real anti-child yeah. propaganda going on in this movie. For real. But, uh, Kuzman goes and he finds, uh, the green-haired man, and the green-haired man seems to be, like, directly influenced by the joker he's not just because of the green hair but also because his face is painted white and he's got like a black mask painted around his eyes and And it's like the shape of a bat and he's wearing like this this t-shirt with like a 
smiley face on it and just acting really ridiculous like a uh, cartoonish like comic booky yeah like so cartoonish in fact that he he's got all these ridiculous sound effects like he's sliding down a rope at one point and there's a slide whistle that accompanies it and like he's shooting at kuzman and kuzman because he can't die is just like unfazed by this he's just slowly like putting his gun together getting it ready to to kill this fool and the green-haired man is like singing this song which i will uh insert here when the storm clouds get around you and uh And the hero reigns the sun. Just remember, death is not the end. Not the end. Just remember, and so just like, what is this? What is going on here? And. He just eventually he just he kills him pretty handily like he shoots him in the chest with the shotgun and the, the green-haired guy like touches the wound in his chest and he's kind of confused at first and then he like tastes the the gore from his chest and then he just dies right like hmm yeah that's that, those are my guts all right yep well this doesn't taste good so goodbye i probably liked it knowing what little we do of the green-haired man he's <laughs> um so Kuzman goes down and he, he finds the, the walls with everybody's fates written Past on them. this opera singer who's just like... Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, we, we hear this opera singer just in this abandoned factory uh, singing. And he's just like, yeah, that's normal. I mean, it really, at this point, What's I think anything normal? is normal. Yeah, the, the bar for normal is uh, has been recalibrated. So he goes down and he finds the wall with everybody's fates written on it. And he finds his fate. And he kind of is stunned by it and he leans up against the wall and throws up and then we see him heading out to this uh this house and there's a woman who's waiting for him and he goes into the house and she like makes a bath for him yeah and um and he's watching a television they somehow have electricity so he's watching like a a stop motion animated thing with animals and stuff and, and enjoying it thoroughly thinking it's hilarious oh yeah he's just hooting and hollering laughing it up yeah and inside this apple bath yeah yeah so the lady pours some water in into the tub and then she pours a bunch of apples into the tub <laughs> and that's i think one of the things that um said that there is a religious connotation to it yeah like i said you kind of have to squint to try to see what they're getting at just some lady For dumping real. a bunch of green apples into a tub with kuzman and he tells her I, I know what it is that I have to do. And then they just, like, yeah. Yeah. We'll just kind of... We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. It, it's, uh... There's a sex scene. And uh, then he dies as he finishes. Um, mm-hmm. For lack of a... Actually, that is a fairly delicate way yes. of phrasing it. So that, that's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Um, And then we see his gang, like, burying him. And the lady is kind of off in the distance and as they they bury him and start to leave one of the gang members points the gun at her and the priesty leader guy is like no no don't shoot her that that's his sister like whoa Whoa. okay movie that's a gross thing you just dropped on us yeah i think the implication is that that she's pregnant 
by him now too yeah it's not like stated explicitly but for sure i feel like they were hinting around that yeah so gross yeah it's gross so so we go from that and uh immediately cut to this like film footage from 100 years earlier so 1919 yes that's the end of that story we should say oh yeah that's the end of that piece of it kind of yeah so then we have this small this like fairly short scene and it's all sepia tone it's like hey look at this film that we found from macedonia and let's see what's happening oh so there's a a couple of men who are uh the brothers of this this groom here and uh the groom's paying the father uh you know for the bride and uh you see that woman coming in the white dress that's his sister yeah it's like who he who he loves very much like uh this movie just got very incesty all of a sudden yeah out of out of uh just nowhere the last few minutes it's super super incesty so yeah um the brother marries his sister and they're like oh yeah and uh incest is forbidden in the orthodox church uh but you know sometimes love is stronger than tradition i guess and then the brother is just like i don't know he's like kissing his sister pride <laughs> and then the brothers start getting really agitated by that they're they're brothers yeah um and so he takes off his coat and then the brothers just like shoot him yeah and and that's it it's like well there we go then the person who's narrating the film's talking about yep so this is like the first wedding caught on film and it's also the very first uh sin caught on film and uh and punishment and uh this is the start of the century so uh this is how the century is starting out and then um we see that whoever is filming the scene sort of pulls around in front of the camera and dun dun dun, dun it's the barber prophet man looking exactly the same that he did from the story exactly in the future yeah so in 100 years he does not look any different yeah all right so then that ends really abruptly yeah and now we're into the sort of like the final story of the film it's 1999 and so we see kuzman there and he's a kid and um he meets up with a guy who's dressed up as santa claus and santa's like hey hey i'm santa and kuzman as a kid's like no there's no santa claus and uh the santa dressed guy's like what are you talking about kid of course there is it's me i'm santa what do you want for a New Year's Eve, little boy? Yeah, what what would you like? <laughs> like New Year's Eve, wait a minute. Yeah, what would you like for your New Year's Eve present? Uh, what? Yeah. So, I don't know, I guess they do things a little differently in Macedonia. So, um, after this encounter, the Santa guy uh, steps inside his apartment, and he finds out that his landlord's brother has died, and they're having a wake. You know, he doesn't do himself any favors because he comes in and he sees all the people sitting kind of solemnly. He's like, who died? And the yeah. landlord's like, oh, actually, my brother. Ooh. That's, uh, that's awkward. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, he's like sitting there with the family. Like, I, they offer him some wheat, which I guess must be like a... A symbolic or yeah, like traditional... Tradition that happens at funerals. And he accepts it and he pays his condolences and the family's like, all right, you can sit with us. And the like the the father of the guy who's died uh gives him a present he's like this is i was gonna give my son this present we've been estranged for several years but 
then he died today and I, I just bought this for him so here stranger you can have it yeah. and, and he opens it up and it's like a, a cheap looking snow globe and it's like this was with like a santa claus inside yeah and uh i mean free snow globe that's nice that's that's <laughs> a you know things are coming up santa now yeah and so they're, they're sitting around awkwardly still and uh then like the the mother of this dead guy lets out a massive massive fart that she's in a wheelchair and it's like so strong that it blows her backwards like propelling her across the room and she smashes her head against something and then the two little kids that are there start throwing firecrackers at her yeah and it just kind of descends into chaos briefly and and we're like sitting there like is she known for these farts do they do this every time she has one of these massive farts yeah it's, it's troubling that uh that that loud, that forceful apart. But um, nobody seems too phased by this, and they all just kind of like get back to where they were. Yeah. And then uh, there's this couple that shows up for the wake, and it's uh, like a man and a lady, and the lady is dressed like super scantily, and the guy is kind of dressed like a sleaze ball. He's got his hair kind of slicked back, and he just seems gross in general. Um, but they're talking adding to the grossness they're talking about what they think the 21st century is like and they're like oh we just heard that morals are going to be out the window like everybody's going to walk around naked all the time (laughs) yeah and they're like what you've like even you know grandmothers and they're like yep your mom and my mom yep they're all all gonna be naked we're all gonna be naked and uh and then the the santa guy is like well I heard something like completely different. I heard that the 21st century isn't even going to start and time is there's cycles and stages in time and he gives this weird theory about time that doesn't make sense even when he went back and rewatched it a yeah. second time or like I don't understand what he's <laughs> what he's saying here but uh he's he's got his own uh, theory on what's going to happen when the 21st century is rung in. So then yeah, they are still just sitting there shooting the shit and the Santa eventually like goes into his bedroom which is where the corpse was being held and then we, we see the barber in there again like yeah. um the the landlord goes in there first and the barber's in there the same prophet barber like again doesn't look any different from either of the other two times that he disappeared in the movie so I don't know what they were doing with that necessarily right like he's some kind of magical barber prophet. Which, I mean, how much more do you need to know about that, really? Kind right. Of... You just you definitely don't need any backstory or context no. for this guy. Yeah. It speaks for itself. I mean, it, you know, no exposition necessary for this guy. Nope. Um, but Santa goes into the bedroom and, like, the grandmother, Freddy grandmother is in there. And he shoots her in the mouth? Yeah. For some reason? Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. So, uh, here you go. Happy New Year. Yeah. And then we he goes back out into the living room and everybody there is dead aside from the landlord. And so there's been some kind of mass slaughter that has taken place. I think it's kind of implied that he did Killed it. Them. But he was in the room. Right. So I don't, again, another thing that doesn't... Uh, really doesn't, doesn't make sense. Doesn't need any further explanation no. or anything. Um, and then he tells the landlord, well... You need to go build a boat and kind of make <laughs> sure and pitch inside and pitch. Out. Yeah, make sure that it's you know has three decks. So it's like, is he cut a hole in it to get some sunshine? Yeah. So 
He's like, learn to swim also. You should learn to swim. Yeah. And he goes downstairs uh, in this into the basement of this flat that they live in, I guess. And yeah. then he starts painting the symbols on the wall that we saw Kuzmin earlier finding his fate on. So I guess this Santa is some kind of prophet, prophet also? also? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why we're married, everybody. <laughs> but, um, and then, uh, yeah, he's like, the future's screwed up. Everything's screwed up. Yeah, he says, the future is as screwed up as the past. Yeah. Which, you know, I have to agree with. Yeah. People always I've... like to talk about how great the past was. No, you're just conveniently forgetting a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah. my, that's my two cents. Yep, agreed. And then he's like, Goodbye, 20th century, and then roll credits. And we're the just end. like, what was this that we just watched? This madness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, despite there not being, like, many things that get explained very clearly, I I stand by my my maybe watch rating. Fair enough, yeah. Um, it's, it's weird, and so, like, if you like weird stuff, I think it is gonna yeah. fit that bill. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, there are some things about it that I think people (laughs) would enjoy watching. Um, I think the Joker guy Mm -hmm. was pretty entertaining. Just like that whole, like, what the hell is going on here? But, um, again, I still just don't appreciate, like, they were trying to get at stuff, but they don't do anywhere near enough explanation. And, like, I understand that there's a fine line between getting your point across or, or hinting at something yeah. and hammering the audience over the head with a point. You know, I don't like that really obvious, here, let me hand something to you on a silver platter kind of filmmaking. But at the same time, like, give us something to work with. And, uh, and just like, why do you have all this incest out of nowhere? <laughs> like, what are you trying, apart from trying to say there was a lot of immorality in the 20th century... I don't know, it's just, like, between incest and violence, like, those are, like, the two notes it hits. Yeah. And I don't know that I'd say that I would look back on the 20th century and be like, but the two things that were most wrong with that were violence and incest. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope that would that incest would be nowhere near the top ten yeah. list of You'd think there'd be Bad some, shit that happens. Some, some other takeaways. Yeah. From... I don't know. Like, maybe these guys were just real gross guys. I don't know. <laughs> and so... I mean, it, was, it was the first movie that uh, they'd made. And it sounds like I was looking For at sure. the writer, one of the writer directors, um, and like looking at the other movies they'd made. And they seem a little more. Coherent? I don't know. The next one they made after this, uh, it's still weird from what little I read of it. But uh, the other movie that he made, just like back in 2012, seemed like it was more grounded in reality. Okay. Yeah, I'd be interested to see, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't write off the filmmakers after seeing this, which I think is like a, a positive. Yeah, stylistically, it's pretty well done. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, they obviously have some interesting ideas, or, yeah. or, or at least are trying to get at some interesting ideas. In this, I, I believe, um, it seems like they should have fleshed out a little bit fuller. Like, if they were trying to say something about how time is cyclical and, you know, anxieties about moving into the next century or 
um you know talking about some of the shit that's <coughs> happened in the past like i feel like they could have done that more effectively yeah um but again i don't know how much i'm mixing from like not having so much of a cultural context to um yeah pull from right and that's what i was wondering too if it's kind of like with once upon a time in china and i don't think it is i don't think so i think once upon a time in china absolutely was much more was a lot more coherent and mm-hmm. actually based on shit that you know had we been familiar with the stories or like grown up in china or something yeah. we could have gleaned a lot more from it and this i don't know how much we would have gotten out of it by being familiar with macedonia right it seemed like they were throwing a lot of shit at the wall to see what stuck yeah since it's their first film like i'm willing to give them a little bit of leeway for that but yeah i yeah. don't know no totally fair so with this being a movie from macedonia we ran into kind of the same problem that we run into with most foreign movies or just less well-known movies in general when we try to do research on it which is that there really isn't a whole lot of information to be found right like i would have liked to know more like it would have been great to have an interview with the filmmakers yeah um talking about it like that would have been really helpful i think just like any kind of insight into what they were trying to do with this yeah or part of the problem was that when i went to scarecrow to rent this i realized that it's only available on vhs uh, so there's no, like, supplemental features or anything. I didn't rent the VHS version because we don't have a VCR. Uh, so I don't know. We'll throw a Scarecrow, like, some, a, couple a donation yeah, yeah. To, to make up for it. But, um, yeah, the, like, I was reading about the distribution of the movie, the guy that actually was responsible for what little distribution it had in the U.S. Uh, wrote a blog post about it and talking about how, like, he... Got it booked in, like, three different venues pretty quickly when they first got the rights to it, and then no one else wanted anything to do with it because the word had gotten out about it being, like, really violent and, yeah, kind of <laughs> incoherent in parts. And um, so, like, that that was pretty much the, the only screenings. I didn't play in New York at all. That's the reason that the guy that wrote the blog post felt that it was not well-known is because it didn't get screened in New York at all. Like, if it had, he thinks it probably... Would be more well known. It would have found a larger following, like a cult following, if nothing else. Right. Um, but even he is like, yeah, um, the company that bought it released it on VHS, and this was back right around 2000 that they did that when VHS tapes were still kind of a thing, barely. Still right. A thing. And he's like, yeah, they didn't see the need and like the point in releasing it on DVD, and that's too bad because it would have. Look better. We ended up watching oh, yeah. a, a copy of the movie that's on YouTube, which the author of this post basically condones. Uh, if anybody wants to see it, you can do a search for it on YouTube. If you don't have a VHS player, yes. In which have, case, please go rent it. Yes, if you do, if you have a VCR uh, and you live in Seattle, then you should go rent their one copy of it that they have. But uh, if you don't, then you, you can watch it on YouTube for free, like we did. I think they have VCRs for rent. Too. Well, now we're just making you sound like a jackass. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's not. That I thought point. about it. Like it did cross my mind. I'm like, oh, that's. But that would have like been a lot of effort. Pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. So we'll throw them some dollars. Yeah, to, to compensate yeah. for my laziness. <laughs> um, 
Uh, so Macedonia submitted this to uh, the 71st Academy Awards um, for their submission for the best foreign language film. Weirdly enough, it was not picked for one of the five finalists. Yeah. What, yeah, what, uh, what it did get picked? Let's look that up real quick. Oh, for yeah. comparison's sake. Oh, my God. So. Okay. I got it. Okay. So, the nominees were Life is Beautiful from Italy, Central Station from Brazil, Children of Heaven from Iran, The Grandfather from Spain, and Tango from Argentina. Yeah, so somehow this didn't edge out Life is Beautiful yeah. in the nomination <laughs> process. Yeah. Huh. Don't know how yeah, that happened. Some things are just inexplicable. You <laughs> never know what they were thinking. Oh, boy. Yeah, so. And then I guess one last note to further drive home how uh, kind of incomprehensible the plot was. In, in the marketing materials when it was released in the U.S., they talked about how the film was... About the merry Santa Claus who, in rage, destroys our world. And uh. you're like, um, that's, that's not, not what we got from that at all. I mean... Like, there was a guy dressed as Santa Claus? And he... And he shot up some people? But we don't but... know how he brought the end of the world around. I saw some reviewers talking about that, like, how he brought about, about the end of the world or whatever. And, like, that's why there was... That you could see, like, that everything went to, like, this apocalyptic hellscape and by 2019 but like how nope didn't come out. he shot up some people in an apartment yeah and then he <laughs> that seems like a bit of a stretch there we go um goodbye 20th century yeah so since we haven't done one in a while i think it, we seamless transition into talking about something else that we like a whole lot uh not a movie or a tv show this time but instead uh, another podcast. So that would be the best show. Yeah. Um, which is a really great started as a radio show, like back on WFMU, which is a freeform radio station out of New Jersey back in two thousand. Was it? It might have been ninety nine. I think it was ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and has continued on with like the exception of a one year gap from when it moved from WFMU to be its own independent thing back in like 2014 but it's uh probably like one of the biggest influences on my adult sensibilities i would say and it just has like infiltrated my vocabulary if if nothing else just oh yeah so i guess we should say what it is it's it's a podcast it's like a three-hour podcast hosted by uh this very funny man tom sharpling who you may know if you watch steven university uh plays steven's father greg yep greg universe greg universe so it's three hours of mirth music and mayhem uh where he is cranky in an endearing way i would say and there are these weird long-form comedy bits that he does with his comedy partner john worcester who is in a bunch of indie bands like super chunk and the mountain goats and, and stuff and so just like surreal long comedy bits that are surreal um hilarious he does this these amazing sound collages and then he started doing this thing 
where he um, has, has like his a- own like other radio programs or podcasts like within the podcast yeah where he's like assuming these different characters like as though you're scanning through the radio stations to find something to listen to like you'll have these fake radio shows that he does for a few minutes at a time where it's like oh shut up which is just a show about sandwiches like sandwich shops uh not a fan of Jersey Mike's, which I can kind of, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that, like, there's so many different facets to it. It's hard to really sell people on because it's constantly changing and adding new things, and um, it's also a hard sell, I think, to be like, "Hey, listen to this thing that's three hours long," and you're probably not going to get into it right away. So you're yeah. going to need to listen to probably like 15 episodes or so, <laughs> like. It took me a while to get into it. It took Tara a while to get yeah. into it, despite my, my pressuring. But Yeah, a lot of uh, pressure. But it's, it is great. It is super funny. And and did you mention the Colin stuff? Yeah, it's a Colin show. Uh, so th- that's part of where Tom Sharpling's uh, crankiness comes from, is just talking to these weirdos who call into the show who all the times don't have anything interesting to say. Like, some, some do. But a lot of the times... It's Shout out to Geneva! Yeah, our, our friend Geneva. One of the rare, consistently good callers, I yeah. would say. Her and Avalanche Bob. Um, <laughs> wow. It's, yeah, just a lot of uh, him getting gradually more and more fed up with these people who are trying to do their own comedy bits when they call in. And uh, it's... He, he has this, like, like I said, very cranky persona, but uh, you can tell that he's like actually a really... Nice guy. He just likes acting like a... A jerk. A jerk, yeah. He finds it really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, the best show. It's probably my favorite entertainment thing. Yeah. Like, in the top two. Either first or second. Yeah, and it's just, like, consistently great. Yeah, it's... Um, and pushing the boundaries of, like, what you can do with a podcast or with comedy. Yeah. Um, so... So we'll link to a couple of clips uh, that they're some of our, our favorite stuff, like Coffin Talk, I think. We yeah, link to. for sure. And uh, the the jokes. Yeah. Oh, and there's puppets on the radio. Oh, yeah, too. there's puppets on the radio. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many weird things that he's done over these, like, 19 years. It's it's really something else. So it takes a little while to get into, but it's very rewarding, and you should check it out. Yeah, please check it out. You will not be disappointed. No. All right. Well, on that note, um, I would like to remind you to please support your local independent video stores. Please, please, please uh, consider visiting Scarecrow and supporting them in any way that you're able to. If you're in the area, Um, they are richly deserving of your dollars and your patronage and are... Kind of last bastions of weird movies and stuff like this yeah you're not gonna find goodbye 20th century in netflix's streaming never i'm gonna put myself on the line here and and call it goodbye 20th century will not be on netflix uh yeah so there just is stuff that you never would have known about there is a, a large number we would not have heard about without scarecrow yeah so they are or very likely doing the lord's work in terms of making obscure stuff available to people still uh so yeah they they deserve your support and 
We also would like to express our gratitude to the great Seattle band Boat for letting us use their song lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank, thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. So if you are interested in keeping on top of the podcast and whatever we're doing, first off, we have a website, TaranAndrewVersus.com. We have a Facebook group that you can find as well if you just search the name. Um, we're on Instagram. And last of all, but not least, if you have any feedback or you have any interesting films or TV or podcasts or whatever that you'd like to recommend that you think would be up our alley, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at Tara and Andrew versus at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you're liking the, the podcast, please, you know, tell your friends. If you're not liking it, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what's good for you. Um, and, uh, you know, feel free to drop us a rating if, if you feel so inclined. inclined. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that wraps it up for this episode. So until next time, catch, catch you later, later potato, potato hags. hags.